Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint.
película. Memories, 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 painful memories, painful memories. Memories that give you a lot of pride, a lot of pride to be South African. Listen to those names. Madiba, Bantubiko, Mkenge, Griffiths Mkenge. Oh, Betun. South Africa. Africa. Fourth of July. Good evening, South Africans. Songas of my here on the viewpoint, leading the conversation. One hundred four to one hundred seven FM. We're taking your calls on 0891-104-207. This evening, Mr. Tulani Chefuta, National Economic Development and Labour Council, NEDLAC, Eastern Cape, as well as convener for community constituency. He's an advisor there. But more importantly, he's transforming and rejuvenating governance in the Eastern Cape, and he's playing an advisory role there to the Premier of the province, Mr. Oscar Mabuyan. And then later on in the show, we will be joined in studio by one of our most loyal listeners, Unonde from PE. He's a community member in this SAFM station, Mr. Mzwabanto Bili. He'll be here for 15 minutes. Just basically what we try and do every now and then on the station is just honor those who really who really do invest time and money in supporting us and really making us the show that we are. And we are in PE, and it is small wonder why then Unonde will be here in studio. Then, talking about being savvy with your money, Mr. and Mrs. Cabello and Muketwa Kumalo, they had a wedding. It cost them 2,000 rand. Dare one says they are debt-free after a wedding. Not too many families can say that, especially not too many African families can say that. 2,000 bucks, the stuff you spend or the amount you spend on a good night out with the boys or the girls, they had a wedding. They are debt-free and they're living a dream and they are building an empire. They'll be joining us in studio this evening. And joining us on the line, though, advisor to the Premier of the Eastern Cape Province, Mr. Tulani Chefuta. Mkhlegaze, good evening. Uh, songs, uh, good evening and good evening to your listeners as well of FAFM. I watch Ogam Nandi songs. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but I'm not going to go easy on you. You're going to answer some hard questions about the Eastern Cape Province. But just before we do that, let's just quickly play set your role in the advisory capacity to the Premier of the Eastern Cape. What do you do that is different to say what his MECs and DGs will be ordinarily advising him on? You're not a cabinet member in the true sense of being in the cabinet of the Eastern Cape Province, but you're an advisor. What do you speak to him about that those who are elected and appointed to office do not? Well, thank you very much, Songs and uh, the listeners. And before you go hard on me, we should appreciate that uh, this is a fairly new role. And with the role being new, I also do want to always make this point before engaging in discussions that uh, I don't speak on behalf of the Premier. So when we have the engagement, we must have that at the back of our minds. But with this opportunity that has been given, Songs, mm. uh, the first thing that I want to assert is that the Premier has ideas and lots of ideas. Sometimes she would call it, he would call at night uh, communicating or sharing ideas. So my reading of where he wanted the advisor to play a role is how do we translate the vision that he has? How do we translate the ideas that he has mm. into action? Of course, the system of government would have people that some of which you have counted from the embassies to the HODs to senior officials and even at an operational level across all departments yes. who would be employed to do those things. Yes. Where I think the Premier wants the advisors 
to play a role is to say you have been involved in in different aspects of community life where you would have effectively uh, uh, come across these types, types of programs. How do we use the lessons that you have learned to make sure that we move with speed in implementing the programs that the Prima has encapsulated as his vision and a plan through the state of the province address. And so, by getting the team of advisors, the Premier basically wants a team that will always be there. By the way, he's also opening himself up to those who have walked the path to say, this has worked, this has not worked. Let's change the trajectory. And so that is the role that I see the team playing in advising the Premier. We're in conversation with Mr. Tulani Chafuta. He's the former president of the South African Youth Council. He's the convener of the community constituency at NEDLEC, and he has recently been named as one of the advisors to the Eastern Cape Premier, Mr. Oscar Mabuyane. We engage him on the work he has previously done in the various institutions, and we also get his thoughts on how he believes the Eastern Cape province, particularly the youth sector, can be transformed and how governance can be renewed. If you're from the Eastern Cape or have a sufficient interest in the Eastern Cape, please do give us a call on 0891-104-207. Especially the young people. Once can Mr. Tulani Chefuta champion on your behalf, given the fact that he's a convener for community constituency and he is a former president of the South African Youth Council whose views surely must resonate with those of yours and hopefully they can get the audience, more importantly, of the Premier himself, Mr. Oscar Mabuyane. Let's talk about your role in the Youth Council, former president, and how this is going to allow you in the Eastern Cape to respond to the high levels of youth unemployment and general despondency as it pertains to their future. Yeah, well, uh, our our role in the South African Youth Council has its track record of good work and challenges that are out there all for uh, for all to see, and those who have been actively involved in the work and the structures of the South African Youth Council would know that. But uh, the joy we have is that we delivered a conference where new leadership was elected, handing over a leading organization from which the new leadership under the new president of the South African Youth Council, uh, Tara Josopo, and the General Secretary, uh, Bongani Lovan. They have actually taken it even to greater heights. But what we have done during our time in the in the South African Youth Council is that we built solid relationships with institutions of skills development, including the CITAS. And those relationships managed to deliver tangible programs that were implemented across the country. And those are the relationships which we think the youth of the Eastern Cape also deserve to benefit from, even in a larger scale. We were also, as the leadership of the South African Youth Council, part of the negotiations at NEDLEC for the Youth Employment Accord, which uh, was further endorsed uh, in the uh, job summit that the president hosted last year. We were playing a leading role there. And one of the things that the Premier has explicitly indicated is that because I was leading the negotiations in the job summit itself, in the process of the job summit itself. Mm. Some of the quick wins that have been registered must come back and be implemented in the Eastern Cape with the benefit of knowing 
what were the most difficult areas of agreements and what were the difficulties and who are the stakeholders that were implement were implicated in the implementation of those programs and that is not anything extraordinary either than pinning those projects that would be implemented anyway but finding a focus of linking up with the priorities of the Eastern Cape. For an example, in the state of the province address, the Premier mentioned six priority areas where the government is going to have increased investment. One of those areas is education, uh, skills development, and youth employment. And so it means that in those areas where one has been directly involved in we will then be able to come in and advise the Premier that these are the programs that can be implemented in the shortest space of time, reaching the larger numbers of young people and thereby delivering the biggest impact. And by the way, over and above having served as the President of the South African Youth Council, I worked at Tumsobomvu Youth Fund. Uh, when it was still existing. I also uh, worked leading the the youth development programs in the office of the Premier, which was my last government employment. And so with all of that that experience, we are then rolling our sleeves to go and help our home province. Tulani, which Premier was that when you were in the youth development program? Which Premier was that? Well, I, I worked under Premier Paul Mashatile, I worked under sure. Premier Mbazima um, Shilowa, and Umamu Nomvula Mokwanyane. So I served okay. those three principals, after which I left the employ of government to focus okay, on sure. civil society. Okay, um, let me just sort of yank you in, if I can use such language. You talked about CETA, Sector Education and Training Authorities. Youth Employment Accord, which was endorsed at the Job Summit. How do these, because these are all paper, this is documentation, how does this make the young people of the Eastern Cape province, first of all, stay in the province, invest in the province through the skills that they will first acquire and then develop and fine-tune and see where the bottlenecks are and unlock those bottlenecks? Why? We've got world-class institutions of high schools in King Williamstown, in Queenstown, in Grahamstown, in Port Elizabeth. We have good schools, even your agricultural schools. You've got good universities, Forte, Watasusulu, NMU, Rhodes. Very good universities or institutions of training that are sufficient to hold on to the talent. Why then does this talent get absorbed elsewhere? Why is there, generally speaking, not enough in the way of employment spaces to keep young Eastern Cape people in the Eastern Cape? For instance, the CETAs, Sector Education Training Authorities, they get paid by government to house young people and develop them and use them. It is something that takes place at no cost to them. But for one reason or the other, private sector ordinarily or on the large is not taking this opportunity up why is that how can we do or what can we do more to retain the skills that we have uh, songs you are now speaking the language of the premier our advice as answers to those questions constitute the trust of the work that we should be doing with the premier let's go back and take one issue as an example where we say 
all these are just written in a paper. How do we translate them into plans? The Premier has already elevated some of the programs that are entailed in the Youth Employment Accord into the State of the Province address. The Premier has already instructed the implicated line function departments to integrate these programs into their plans and thereby, by implication, into their budgets. And once that is done, it therefore means that all those programs are in line of implementation. If implementation has not happened, one of the sectors that must be considered is the will and the commitment and the discipline of the people who are employed to implement those programs, which is one of the things which made it easy for me to agree with the Premier to play this role. Because first thing, he was not under any illusion that you can get in advisors who have worked this way and they will change the whole system. His primary focus, first and foremost, is to get the basics right. Do away with people in government who always wake up to find excuses of why something is not done, why something cannot be done. He even calls it the phenomenon of Aindim and Gaza and Qatar. There must be consequence management. And on top of that, get the right people in the right positions over and above that, change the mentality of the public servants from that of being ilunda in big offices to that of being service to the people. And if politicians do not play that role over their officials, the people will play that role over the heads of the politicians. And so if we were to take just one of the programs that you mentioned on skills development, Part of the advice that we would then give to the Premier is to say, Premier, there are CITAS, there is the National Skills Fund that would provide funding for these skills development programs. But on their own, they cannot absorb and place these young people in the workplace. You therefore need the private sector as the workplace where these people will acquire the skills for which they have been trained in the classroom, in the institutions, in the noble institutions that you are mentioning. And even after those young people graduate from those programs, they are still faced with a a rough of unemployment. And so what the advice would consider and focus on is how do you smooth the transition from school to work such that those who are disciplined enough to remain in the education and training system and they get qualifications, they are being nudged and supported to penetrate the labor market and the business space. And what then you would need is a direct relationship with the private sector in opening up their factory floors for the workplace placement of those who shall have been trained through the programs like the CITAS. And one of the things which the Premier even explicitly indicated in in the State of the Province address is that the province is going to make an investment on jobs stimulus package which will have a dedicated focus on news employment. And so our focus, our, the focus of our advice will be at the lowest level that makes all the difference in making all these noble ideas find expression in the daily lives of young people of the Eastern Cape. We're in conversation with the newly appointed advisor to the Premier of the Eastern Cape. He's one of three, Mr. Tulani Chafuta, who's formerly of NEDLEC.
I beg your pardon, who is at Nedlec in the Eastern Cape province, I beg your pardon, as well as a convener for community constituency here in the Eastern Cape and also most notably for the reasons why he is in studio as the advisor to Premier Oscar Mabuyana. It's now 25 minutes past eight. It's time for us to take a quick ad break before we continue this conversation. So in the next focus, think about this. Let's focus on TVET colleges and their role in improving youth unemployment and skills development. Please stay tuned. Song is on my bed, live on SAFM. SAFM, leading the conversation. Call Songhez or now, 0891-104-207. Yes, please do. Yes, please do. I'm in conversation with Mr. Tulani Chafuta of NEDLEC and the convener of Community Constituency. But more importantly, he's the advisor to the Eastern Cape Premier. Also in studio, playing the watchful role of a good uncle is Linda Mapeta, who's watching me because he has always wanted to see me in studio, and we are doing so in Port Elizabeth. And also Malume, as well as to my good friend, who is actually colleagues with Muketwa Kumalo, who's joining us at 9 o'clock, Mr. Siabulela Sandi. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Mr. Chafuta, let's talk about TVET colleges. TVET colleges really could really, really make the necessary and serious inroads that are, for the most part, required. I mean, your artisans, especially in South Africa, are in dire need. The same plumber in my area is the plumber who is there now and has been for 30 years. You go to the electrician, electrician, it's the same person. The person who sorts out my leakages with my tank or my roof, it's the same person. And yet these things are needed every single time. We can talk about the education system and not being able to produce enough of these, especially at your technical schools, like, for instance, in East London, your Port Rex, and many others around the province. But the TVET colleges, to be fair and frank, they leave much to be desired for. Well, the status of the TVET colleges in South Africa must be elevated to greater heights. There is an anomaly which is happening in South Africa, where for every one college student, you have uh, previously it was to six, but numbers have since changed. Maybe you have four university students now. The rest of the world, including the development the developed world, for every one. For every one university student, you have four Tibet college or six Tibet college students. Because the areas where the biggest investments in South Africa go to now, in the form of infrastructure development and so on, those skills that are required there can be easily provided and produced by Tibet colleges. The second point we must make about Tibet colleges is their strategic geographic location. There is no district in South Africa that does not have a TVET college, even the most rural of districts in South Africa. You will always find a TVET college. And so the issue of access can easily be addressed through TVET colleges. Why is and what we should do now, because if, if uh, you have at least one college in every district, it means that access to education and skills development will be easily available than having to travel from Credoc to Port Elizabeth, which is a completely different district. It also reduces travel costs. It also reduces the cost of you accessing education and skills development. So that is a point of leverage that we should use. The fact that you have a college in every district in South Africa should be a point of leverage. 
But if you come into the program that are given by the Tibet colleges, one of the things which the Premier has announced in the state of the province addresses that government of the Eastern Cape is going to focus on opening placement opportunities for Tibet college graduates, including those who need this work experience in order for them to complete their qualifications. It's there. It's expressly there. The second thing that we can say about Tibet colleges is that the current skills demand in terms of technical and vocational skills that are so much needed, Tivet colleges are the best suitable institutions that can provide those skills. On that point, on that point, on that point. Uh, uh, hang on, hang on, please, hang on. Let's have a good dialogue. I fully accept what you're saying. <laughs> but what is exceptionable or what is acceptable is the fact that what you are saying in reality doesn't happen. Ponder on that. Let's take calls from Z in the Eastern Cape. KGM is calling us from Santon, and I would love my Durban caller as well, please, to get back to us. My Mike is his name. Otherwise, Lesejo, please get back to Mike. Z, KGM, in that order, please. How are you? I'm I would like to know the Eastern Cape, I will talk about the Cape where I live. We have a vast land in our hands. An area where during the Abu uh, said we used to have irrigation schemes. You can see it, but people are still living in, in, with, with those lands in, in their hands. As the government, that's what they are prioritizing of uh, uh, reutilizing this land. But in practice, would be, it's, it's so hard. Sometimes I wonder, I wish to have those people who are making this pronunciation and take us by hand. We've got six villages here. They are sitting with land, but when these people are on you might think that you go to these um, uh, offices and, and get help. We've been sitting years and years going to, to, to these offices, but... Nothing. Nothing, nothing. I, I wish that Mabuyane and um, his delegation can can change the situation. We cannot sit in poverty while we do have land. We talk about uh, land distribution, but with the little land which is in, in our hands, what mm. are we doing with it? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, MZ. And I also have a claim to Petty, by the way. My father taught at Alfred Giba in the Lali of Ndwayana. So I can feel your pain. I can feel your pain and the plight of somebody who comes from Petty. In Santon, let's go to KGM. Yes, sir. Uh, good evening, gentlemen and, and the listeners. Look, just a continuation of what the previous caller talked about. The, the, the issue of, of land is, is pivotal. Your, 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 your guest with due respect. I think this continuation of a, a bad song that keeps on being sung from the government aculums, it needs to stop. Um, here, here's an example. P- pose this question to, to him. And I mean, I expect him to, to be clued up in as far as information dissemination is concerned. Yes. He's sitting at the highest office of the province. Yes. Does he know anything about the, the development of Amamponda City in 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 Fajonis? The, the, the second and last point: mm. the land that that the previous caller spoke about. We we have taken it upon ourselves as the private sector. 
because we are tired of the, the, the monkey song that is sang by politicians and said, we are going to, to develop projects that we know talks to the local socioeconomic conditions, not, not to dream about uh, China and all these developed countries, whereas here in our own backyard, we have opportunities that gives us that ability to export to China, but instead we're asking China to come and, and take our resources and, and, and go and refine and bring them back here. Now, what is his view. He's, he's talked about working uh, in, in, in the premier's offices in, in housing for a long time, and I expect him to have the, the, at least the experience and the expertise. Uh, Eastern Cape is not PE. It's not East London. It's not only the metropolis. What are they doing? And, I, and it's a challenge to the premier as well, and I, I hope he passes this message. The people in the deep rural areas of the Eastern Cape are yearning for the development. They are tired of being called names because they are forced they are forced to migrate to the Western Cape and they are called names or wherever else. Can can we talk practical terms, not not theory, not book terminology, practical solutions that will keep people in the province. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much for your contributions, KGM, as well as Mzi from Pity. If we can try and get back to Mike from Durban, it would be an absolute pleasure. Do you want to respond to that, Mr. Chafuta? Please. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, with, with the first caller, um, the, uh, as I indicated, that the focus that we want to bring is to be as practical as much as possible, not discussing concepts and all of those. I mean, again, I will always make the state of the province address as this point of reference. If you go and check which answers both the first and the second caller, there is an explicit determination on the part of the premier and the provincial government that the Eastern Cape should not seek to do programs that are seen to be funky programs because they work in Gauteng or elsewhere. The Eastern Cape must focus in its natural setting or context, leverage that as a point where people can acquire skills and work the economy. If you check the priority areas which were expressed even, there is a dedication to support small-scale agricultural activity, including agro-processing, where those will already be taking place in the rural areas that the callers are talking about. So the trick is not to say that the land that is already in the hands of the rural people is not good enough for them to produce enough for their own livelihood, including to supply the markets. The premier even took it further to say that where rural communities produce, the state government and its people must be the first ones to be loyal in terms of buying that local produce, such that the excess thereof is what is then being exported to other provinces and to other parts of the world. And so the idea about keeping people where they are, providing them with the necessary hand-holding support to work and produce in the rural areas, is one of those practical mechanisms that can basically, if implemented and implemented properly, it will work against this phenomenon 
of people qualifying in the Eastern Cape institutions and then going to work elsewhere and deploying those skills in other provinces, either than their home province where they acquired those skills. Okay, we get that. Let's talk about the role of the administration itself in instilling the sense of confidence. One municipality, one in the entire province, received a clean audit. Of course, it's not too different for the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. This is a serious problem for the Eastern Cape. Perhaps before, before I, I continue this question, just note that I do want to take Mike from Deben, who's just returned. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much to the team sure. backstage for getting hold of Mike. Mike, your contributions, please, brother. Hello. Yes, good evening, Mike. Good evening to you and your guest, Jelani. I'm so pleased he's on the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm a sweet potato eater, and I'm a very sweet guy. And approximately 90,000 rands worth of sweet potatoes are sent up from the Solabani area every two weeks during the sweet potato uh, growing season. If they ruin that area with mining, we're not going to have those sweet potatoes. Uh, I was one of the environmentalists that opposed the mining there. And I would like another to make another suggestion. Uh, a small little country on the Horn of Africa, Eritrea, with a population of about 5 million people, in the school holidays, they send the kids out the school kids planting trees. The chance guy needs trees. Right along. If you look at uh, paintings that were done by ancient mariners, the French and the Portuguese that came along, they did paintings of the wild coast. There were forests right through. Those forests have disappeared. And I suggest you plant plenty, plenty trees there. It will create a lot of employment. All right. Thank you very much. Your response to this particular point, please, Dada Chefuta. And then when you round up your comments, you can please spend some time responding to the fact that the administration needs to instill a sense of confidence in the people of the Eastern Cape because prudent financial spend is something that doesn't accord for most part in the province. Well, uh, the only thing I can say uh, to the points that were raised by Mike is that I note the point he's making about uh, the the risk posed by possible mining over the plantations that they have there. Well, I I can't express my opinion on that. It's a policy decision that the authorities will have to express themselves. And at the right point, I'm sure uh, the evidence in the hands of decision makers will enable them to make the right decision there. But the second point which is making uh, has a direct strategic fit with what also the premier announced in the state of the province. And later on, when the province was celebrating the Youth Day, which is the National Youth Service Program, those types of programs where you mobilize every young person, employed or unemployed, in school or out of school, and predominantly even those who are out of school, uh, uh, through the program of the National Youth Service, you basically mobilize the model or the idea of the National Youth Service is that you mobilize young people to provide a community service in their respective communities. So they become, they provide an answer to a challenge that is in the community, whilst to empower them with education and skills such that they can access further opportunities later on in their lives.
So that can be one of the national youth service projects that can be implemented with a, a, a young people in school to 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 do as you were suggesting, painting or uh, or planting of trees. And when it comes to the question you raised, Mr. Mabeta say on the role that the administration will have to play is that this is one of the things I mentioned earlier on, on the Premier getting the basics right. Because you can have a vision, you can have the programs, you can have the projects, you can have the plans, you can have the budget, and still things may not be done. So the issue about consequence management and the change of attitude towards service delivery is one of the factors that cannot be undermined on this. But in the Eastern Cape, that has already been identified as one of the high-risk areas that plans do exist. In other instances, budgets are there, and money goes back to the National Treasury. What do you do? And what the Premier has now institutionalized is that in the SOPA, he announced a Kaulesa project management office. And in relation to what you cited as an example, in terms of the audit outcomes, that Kaulesa project management office in the office of the Premier will be supported by PMUs or other project management units that are issue-specific, which will be located within different other departments. For an example, mm. when municipalities fall short in terms of implementing infrastructure programs for which they get a grant from COPTA and yes. National Treasury and yes. other agencies, there will be a rapid response PMU which will be located at COPTA for service delivery. Where audit outcomes are an issue, the Premier announced an audit outcome PMU which will be located in the provincial treasury. And if you follow this trail of thought and reasoning, what it suggests is that we already know what are the challenges that the Auditor General will be highlighting. And therefore, the PMU on audit outcomes must go back and make sure that it provides the necessary capacity right from the beginning of the year to these municipalities, such that we don't wait at the end of the financial year and say, why did you get a bad audit outcome again? without having provided them with hand-holding support right from the beginning. And that is the only way in which then you can administer consequence management after having provided that necessary support. And most importantly, again, we must make this point that I was pleasantly surprised with the announcement of the Premier that monitoring and evaluation will be mainstreamed in the work of the Eastern Cape Provincial Government so that corrective measures are done, not only at the end of the financial year, but as and when interventions are being implemented. Thank you so much. That was Mr. Tulani Chefuta. We do really wish you all of the best. I think for the majority of people, especially from the province who are listening, we all have an embedded and uh, real interest in the changing and improved fortunes of the province. And with men of your skill, we do in certain, certainly hope that the advice that the minister is going to receive and most certainly implement will be for the better of the outlook and outcomes of the province. Mr. Tulani Chefuta, thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. It's now 2047. We're going to take a quick ad break. Brief, brief message directed to one Mr. Ruan van Papendorp. And the message reads from one Miss Amanda Manzana. Ruan, 
Thank you so much for everything you have done for me and to me in the context of developing me in the workplace. I thoroughly enjoyed my time in Marmersbury. The company, Okin, is something which is very much dear to my heart, and I shall cherish your memories most indefinitely. Miss Amanda Manzana, who I understand was in her last day of work in that organization before she moves on to what she says are other postures. She didn't say whether they are green or red or otherwise. Nonetheless, thank you so much to our listeners, and we do appreciate your comments and calls. We're going to take a quick ad break before we are joined by... Hmm, hmm, stay tuned.